0: and Philip Lano's, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. So, welcome to the War Room. How are you two doing today? Great. Great.
1: Two doing, today? Great. Yeah, two doing great. Absolutely, <laughs> doing great. Really excited
0: to be able to get with you. Yeah, Joel's and Stacy are here. All right. <laughs> so, okay, I love asking people this question because. It usually pertains to so many possibilities when the conversations open up. And I know uh, Jason and I have done this enough times to see what it does. Uh, But with OME gear and what you've done, uh, I asked myself, do you I want to change it up a little bit and ask, did you either of you grow up going outdoors a lot?
1: Um, well, I'm a, I'm a product of the 70s, so absolutely. I mean, we, our parents locked us out of the door, out, out of the house, and we didn't come back in until dinnertime. Um, yes. You know, our, our water bottles were out of a water hose, um, but as far as extreme sports and, and athletes outside, no, but I was always outdoors doing something.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to date myself, but I remember it being a treat to get an hour playing Atari. Um, yeah. if you guys know, <laughs> um, yeah. but, um, the majority of the time was spent outside mm-hmm. we would we I have five four brothers and one sister and mom and dad and we would play basketball um on the summer nights and we'd go swimming in our pool and um, we were always outdoors yeah, always. so absolutely
0: got it and now I'll bring it back to where it usually goes have either of you come from family of entrepreneurs
1: do you want to answer that? Um, I do not. Actually, my dad was in the postal service. Um, he was a postmaster and then my mom was a, a head photographer at the bomb plant. We called it in New Ellington, South Carolina but I always felt like I had the entrepreneurial bug. I always tell people I used to paint rocks and go door to door and try to sell them or I would do something. I was a babysitter. Anytime I could make any kind of money other than picking up pine cones, I did not, I, that did not, I didn't like doing that, <laughs> but um, yeah, I can do with that. Yeah. It whatever, whatever I could do um, to make some money, I would do it. Uh, so I, I think it was in my blood, but I do not come from that background.
2: Yep. And I do actually um, <clears throat> my mom, gosh, 56 or seven or maybe more years ago, um, started a bakery right outside of Pennsylvania. And she, uh, my brother ended up taking it over and celebrated the 50 year mark and he's continued with it. But, um, but they actually won best wedding cake um, in America on the, the top 10 from Delish magazine. And so it wasn't just a small little bakery. I mean, it was when we were growing up, but Every day after school, after basketball practice, I would have to go downstairs and flip out cakes and decorate cakes. And so yeah, I very much grew up in an entrepreneurial family.
0: Wow. Okay. There's a lot to work with there. Uh <laughs> really interesting times to be growing up in. And I think it's great that you're responding to the state of the world today with uh, you know, some outdoorsy gear and reasons to go outside. Yeah, there's there's just not enough of that these days. And I was wondering if part of your business uh, takes that into account, the idea to encourage, because I mean, look, you're building your business on the road, on the move. Most people spend their time indoors, in the one place. Maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. Has that come into your philosophy in building your brand?
2: Absolutely. Except we started building our brand, we incorporated in 2018. And so it was almost like we had this crazy foresight to build an outdoor gear product that would be perfect for COVID, right? I mean, because we get pictures from customers where they are using our um, product, the wanderer uh, as a, as their like office. I mean, that's the chair they sit mm-hmm. in to do their work all day. Or, you know, they're taking their family on vacations, or they now bought an RV, and so then they bought two of these for their RV, um, and so. Yes, it's very, we do very much take into account that this is an outdoor product. Our whole goal is to encourage people to get outside more. Um, I think we've become way too dependent, myself included, on computers and phones and screens and all of that. And so we very much try to encourage people to get outside and our product just makes it easier to do that. Mm.
0: I love this. This is where I want to turn it over to Jason. I, as a, as a parent, I know that you probably, are you kicking your kids out the way they used to do to us? Cause I I was looking up to be like at the end of that, the tail end of like go outside. And you know, I was drinking out of the water hose too. So I'm curious, That's actually, right, yeah. I want, I want to tie this around Jason. Do you, do you, do you have a philosophy on that? A stance?
3: Oh gosh. Yeah. I'm totally a Gen X. I mean, my <laughs> There was no inside. I grew up in the country. There was three channels on TV of none <laughs> of it, which I did not want to watch. Um, you know, and it was like mom said, get the hell out, see you at dinner, and uh figure it out, just don't come back bleeding, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, or a key around the neck to get in after school, you know, yes, all, all that stuff, just uh and my parents are both very entrepreneurial. My mom had restaurants and clothing stores, and I grew up in a town of like three hundred. And, and and she pretty much ran the one store in town. <laughs> pretty much. Wow. The rest of them were the rest of them were bars, so. <laughs> <laughs> It was like six bars in 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 a three hundred person town. So it was, huh,
2: uh, those are the priorities, <laughs> I guess. Right.
3: Those are priorities, right? Farmers yeah, right. got to have something to do in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> got a bar hop. Yeah, but, but it's interesting though how, you know, generationally speaking, right? How, uh, from the new upcoming or newer, younger business owners to people like us is they really know how to leverage technology a lot better. Mm-hmm. And they're really, really good at it. Like I take, I, I have a, a three-year-old and a six-year-old. They both know how to use my iPhone better than I do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, Way oh, yeah.
3: better. It's amazing. And you look at, uh, that's why I try to surround myself with younger people that way. They know how to do all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's That's but it's great. a it's a great thing you got going, traveling the United States and and promoting your business and your brand and doing all that stuff. And you know, you're it's like grassroots, right? Yeah. Which... And, and
1: that, that's what we intended it to be. I mean, when we oh. sold our house um, to invest equity in our company and we were like, okay, what's next? And, um, and we got a little rental, we got a rental property there in Charleston. And then we just like, all right, let's, let's hit the road. Let's go ahead and let's go build this brand. And so we wrapped the RV and we're out doing marketing. And so we're traveling billboard. So everybody can see it, you know, traveling down the road. We actually have QR codes. So we can, we actually, it's an assistive technology. Um, you know, we threw some, with some QR codes on it. So we're riding down the road. People are snapping pictures at it or you know, um, snapping on the QR code going straight to our website. It's usually spikes like 200 to 300% every time we're traveling down the road.
3: What's oh, amazing wow. about that is you were so confident or maybe not confident. Um, you knew you needed that change and you were willing to give it all up to do it. Mm-hmm. Very few people have that much confidence in what they're doing mm-hmm. to do something like that. And I know, cause I've worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and business owners and rarely do you hear that mm-hmm. right there. Very rarely where somebody's just, you're all in period, right? Wow. Not just dipping a little toe in here or all that. So gosh, good onion! And congratulations for that. For sure. Thank That's you. awesome.
2: Thanks. That, that means a lot, Jason. Um, and I think uh, it's, it's not easy, right? I mean, if anybody told you it was easy, they would hundred percent be lying. Mm. But when we first started this, and I think it's only evolved as we've gone, Um, we knew that this was about more than just a product or even more than just a company. Stacy and I are together, we're married, and we believe that collectively that there's a call on our lives to have a platform of influence. Now that sounds really big and it sounds really lofty and all of that. Now the, the influence might be massive or it might be to our world, right? But in order to, a lot of times, in order to have a platform of influence that's notable, you have to be successful in something, right, in the world's eyes. Like you have to be successful in, in building something or doing something that other people want to be a part of. And so for us with this it has become about the company and about the product, but it's about so much more. And so when we got to a point where we needed investment dollars, we had equity in our house, we looked at each other and we said, how much do we believe in this? And we both looked, it said without hesitation, a hundred percent. And so we knew what we had to do. It wasn't really even like it sort of wasn't even a choice. It was like, this is the next step that we need to take in order to keep walking this path to build what we believe we're supposed to be building. But I appreciate you saying that. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it means a lot. Cause it has been um, many times. It's been a very hard road that if we didn't have each other um, one of us may not still be doing it. Yeah. It's been that hard.
0: Wow. There's so much to be said about this. I uh, just, because, yeah, there are a lot of people who tackle solopreneurship and then you know, it may or may not work out. So I can see the the power in having the right partner. And I've done enough interviews to know that uh, the successful partnerships are all about just I stay in my lane. They stay in their lane. We don't even bother each other with any of the details. We just focus on what we know we need to do. We actually need to talk about and what you're doing with getting traction right which is the hardest part of business right you've decided that you'll be focusing overall in strategy with the tactic of uh traveling the world and 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 having that qr code so cool it it makes sense especially when people are on the road they're going to want to scan it as you're driving or what have you i see what you're doing and we, we got a chance to talk about this before we hit record uh you've found a channel that you were resistant about using, and yet somehow it's proven to be worth the effort because content is effort. There's so much work that goes into content. Even if it's seemingly jokish and you know fun, there's a lot of work, a thought that goes into it. So I'd like to know more about this. We're talking about the elephant in the room is TikTok and your thoughts on that because a lot of people are resistant to it. And we might as well talk to somebody who's actually seen it and who has a, a, a consumer product. To, on top of that. So there's so many layers to that. So please enlighten us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say, I, I didn't really want to do TikTok. Um, I, I'm just not, I mean, I'm barely on Instagram and I just don't want to put all of our lives out there. But finally we, um, Jules just said, let's just try it. Let's just put a couple of videos up there with the Wanderer, uh, with their product and just see what happens. And then we started getting the likes and the comments and the clicks. And then the endorphins started coming in and we're like, Oh my gosh, there's something here. And then we started getting sales and then the sales started coming and they didn't, they didn't quit coming. They're still coming. We just sold four more today. You know, it's just, just from that video. And so, but Jules is the mastermind behind it. Um, I just, you know, I resisted it because I didn't want our lives out there anymore than it already was. Um, But it has actually been one of a very valuable resource to us, but you can, She's the mastermind
2: behind it. She yeah. Speak to it more. So we so we didn't know anything about TikTok, honestly, except that I've been resisting it for a year. One of our investors said to us, "You need to get on it," and we're like, oh, well, literally one more thing," you know. I mean, um, but finally, like Stacey said, I did it, and then um, it was. We had two. We actually. We, we did two channels, right? So instead of doing nothing, we then were like, all right, well, let's just do two. <laughs> let's make it even harder on ourselves. So we did one personally that was called at Do It In Nature. And then we did one that was for our company. And it was, you know, the OME gear. Um, but the one personally for us was getting so much more traction where we were just doing it about our life, lives on the road. Um, living in the RV, we would give tips. We would like show cooking demonstrations. We would show us making cocktails in the RV, that sort of thing. And then always kind of pull in there our, our product, the wanderer. We would always sort of have that in there somewhere. Um, but then I started getting videos, viral videos, like like my video, like it would get 250,000 and then I would keep watching it. And overnight I would wake up to 350,000 views. I was like, what is happening here? While our company one wasn't really getting the traction that we wanted because nobody was really focused on it. And so we just said, well, what if we combine the two and make it just at OME gear? And so we, we turned our personal one into the at OME gear one kept it as a creator profile. And we don't know if we're doing it right. I mean, honestly, TikTok is such a wild, the wild, wild west. Right. Um, but we did put a video up two weeks ago and my gosh, it's gotten 1.7, 1.8 million views. And so we did it on a, I don't know when we posted on a weekend day. Literally the next three days, the entire weekend, I'm responding to TikTok. I'm responding to TikTok comments. And so I'm responding to thousands of TikTok comments. And there's a lot of trolls on there. So there's a lot of negativity. But our philosophy, my philosophy was I'm even going to respond to them with kindness because I want the people who are the real customers or potential customers to go, okay, these are like really good people. Like they, they try to be kind and they don't respond back with negativity and all of that. So that strategy has worked and I'm sitting here scratching my head going, what in the world, How is this thing blown up? Like it has. Um, but it's blowing up with really, really, uh, cool traction and Mm -hmm. I'm not
1: complaining. We're going to keep going. Unfortunately that weekend she was I went out and had, you know, drinking and having a good time. And she was stuck here doing TikTok. I mean,
2: <laughs> that's ca- was I true. was out there drinking <laughs> with her. I was just responding as I'm drinking my cocktails. So, you
3: guys better be careful. You might break the internet.
2: So,
0: yeah,
2: we're, right. We're nowhere near there. Yeah. That's for sure. But now, through your podcast, we might be. So,
0: maybe. Yeah. I can see some fun things taking place when I hear that story and I hear how you're leveraging it and what you did with it. Um, and I'd love to know when uh, you can get to that in a second, what, what video was it was that got those, like was it just because you posted a random video or such, but my, my real, what I really want to say here is I can see how, since you're already traveling the world and already, uh, doing what you're doing promoting the gear showing that outdoors is possible uh there's a few things right like number one how are you getting internet but the other thing is you know there are some people who are musicians on tour right now who would probably love to leverage uh, someone's platform and at the same time you can tap into their network and most musicians tend to have outdoorsy friends and if you were to meet out on the road and go outdoors and do like a small little outdoors concert with a couple of notes or something like that I can also see that being added value in content I'm just thinking here as a strategist you know what I mean Uh, so so a few things right number one how are you getting internet if you're traveling the world that way I'd love to know what tool you're using and I'm sure anyone who's an entrepreneur is like I need to take a road trip how will I get my internet so we'd love to answer that and the other is what what was that video
1: You take the first one. So internet has always been That's That's also the wild, wild west. There's not a perfect internet. Um, I mean, you can you and we're in the backwoods of Florida right now. Even our phones are really, you know, sketchy. Um, Most RV parks have internet service. They have connected throughout the park. Some parks are good. Some parks aren't. Do um, not
2: rely on that. Do not
1: because today the RV parks uh, internet's down. And so it's completely down. So I'm having to use my hotspot. So we have uh, we have two Verizon phones, and we have an ATT phone on our on our rig. We also have another system. That the system came with the RV, but it was so expensive. So we ended up finding another system um, that works for the most part, okay. Um, and it is a T-Mobile system. Uh, so we have every all the providers here on the RV, so we can hook up to one or the other. So we just make sure that we have enough data. Uh, on all of our phones um the AT&T and the two Verizons and then we have enough data coming in from the T-Mobile so for the most part we've been able to get um this service wherever we are in the United States
2: yeah we were we were on a um a TV show though America's Big Deal um and we won um but we had to go for the interview we had to have really excellent service and so we actually had to go to a friend that we met through facebook um friends on facebook we we had to go to her house to make sure we had really good internet service so there have been times where we can't rely on the backups mm-hmm. of our backups we have to like go to somebody's house um but to answer your question on the video so here's one tip that i will say the videos that you think will go viral will not and the videos <laughs> that you're like oh i don't think i should put this one up there it's not good like i feel like it's like the the quality's not good, whatever. Those are the two that have gone the most viral for us. So one of them was, um, one of our team members was in the audience. Stace and I did a pitch in Charleston, uh, for dig South and it's the tech conference of the Southeast. And so we pitched, um, against technology. Ours is, we called ours assistive technology for your gear. Um, and we actually won second. And so the video that went almost 2 million views was our pitch on stage of Stace doing a demo and me talking through it. And I made a comment on there about, um, you know, we're women, we care about the details, not that men don't, but we do. And, man, I have gotten raked over the coals for that comment. I and mean, I'm like, I'm not a sexist. I promise. Like I love men. Like, I think they're so <laughs> valuable to this world. Um, just like women are, but it wasn't, but it's like, you have to be really careful because there's people that are sitting out there waiting to like, Oh, you said this. <laughs> that was not right. And, you know, and I mean, to be fair, like if they don't know me, I guess they could take that as sexist, but it was not at all meant to be that, but um, so I've had to sort of navigate through that with that video where I've, you know, we're actually going to do a response video just saying, Hey, I promise you I'm not sexist. Like, I'm sorry that came out wrong. I was nervous. Um, but um, anyway, that was the one. And the other one that went crazy on us was Stace. We were eating dinner and somebody came out, our door was open in the RV and somebody was like, Hello. We're literally sat down to eat dinner. And so we go out and Stace, Stace walks out. She goes, yeah, hi. And he goes, can I see a demo of this product? So she <laughs> does the demo. And I just happened to pull up my phone because I, I was actually like, oh, so frustrated because I just wanted to show our team and our family. I'm like, this is our lives now. Like we don't even get to sit down and eat dinner. So I videoed it and I it's terrible quality because it was at night and I threw it up on TikTok. And I think we've gotten, I don't even at least 500,000 views on it. So I'm like, that is just insane. It's the ones that you do not think will do anything. And then I'll post one. I'm like, man, this thing's going to go crazy viral. And I get like. 2,000 views, you know, it's
1: so, you can't predict it. And now every time someone comes up to the RV, I I look around and I see a camera. I see her phone somewhere trying to get video to (laughs) reenact. That's right. (laughs) I'm trying trying
2: to duplicate the viral video. I don't know.
0: (laughs) No, I I respect it. It's one of the things that I I actually took from Gary Vee constantly saying like document, document, document. And I say it every time I talk to somebody about content is the, uh, as a strategist, I'm always like, you know, it's one thing to document. It's another to think that that documentation is content, right? You hit record and you might land on gold and it might just be the entirety of it. But if it's not, at least you hit record and you can clip it for gold, right? Because you got to dig sometimes for the gold. But I love that. That's what you're doing. That's a great philosophy. I mean, that's part of what I love uh, about being able to have these conversations uh, alongside Jason with other business owners is we get to, not only do we get to learn, and I imagine those listening are doing the same, it really becomes a thing where you just never know what you could learn by listening. And at the very least, you listen to someone else who understands the struggle of being a business owner who understands that it's never easy and here's what they did to overcome something. And that might be the thing the listener needed. And so that's, what's beautiful about this. Uh, I want to make sure I give the floor to Jason and I feel like I've been talking for a while here and I'm sure he's got a thing or two to say.
3: Yeah. You know, I think most of us have, you know, for me, like on camera years and years ago, I was terrified of that. Right. So wasn't me. wasn't my thing. Um, I'm still very anti-drag my family across Facebook or any of that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but you know, I think as we overcome fears, we just get better and better and better, right. When it comes to, and then just being authentic, I think authenticity is the most important people aren't looking for this polished stuff anymore, you know? it's okay. Don't, don't be afraid, pull your phone up and just talk. Right. Yeah. And, and have a conversation. Like you're having a conversation with millions of people. Right. <laughs> Cause I do it all the time now. And it's more like, you know, when did we have to work so hard to just be authentic? <laughs> right? I mean, that should be a basic human skill, right? <laughs> should be kind of easy to do it. Right. Yeah. And You know, we have all these powerful tools that are at our fingertips now that where I look at my grandpa and his business, he had none of that. My mom and dad had none of that. Mm -hmm. And we have, all we have to do is just be our most authentic self. Mm -hmm. And uh, all we can do is hope that we reach the right audience and that's it, right? So um, what I'm curious about is, can you just tell us a little the the audience, a little bit about your flagship product? Yeah, Just a little so, bit.
1: Yeah. So the Wanderer is a five-in-one. Um, actually, it's more like an eight-in-one now. We, we keep finding, our customers keep finding different ways to use it, which is a lot of fun. But it's mm-hmm. a cart slash hauler that holds up in the cart mode, it holds up to 150 pounds of gear. And then the hauler mode, you can actually carry kayaks and surfboards and paddleboards, and it can hold about 200, 250 pounds of gear, depending on what you're taking. Uh, So it will carry that big heavy ass cooler um and with with it filled um and then once you get to where you're going if you choose to unload it you don't have to it's, it will sit there um and it will go over any kind of deep sand it'll go over any kind of terrain we have we have a, the wheels um that do not require air and they're actually a santa frame rubber so they squish down and they'll go over rocks and they'll go upstairs and uh, downstairs and like I said on the deep sand and then once you get to where you're going, it transforms into a, a higher off the ground type, camping type chair, a lower to the ground beach chair, a fully reclining lounge chair and a camping cot. Uh, so so you it's a hauler in a cart first and foremost and then it can transform in, into sandient positions, any kind of seating or sleeping positions if you choose to use it that way.
3: It's cool.
0: Wow. Very cool.
2: Thanks. We're pretty proud uh, of it. Yeah. Yeah. Proud. It's, been a, it's been a long work in process because the original concept came 24 years ago from my mom and dad. Um, and the, it was just a two-in-one and they tried to take it to market and just couldn't figure out how. And so I picked it up. Redesigned it into a three-in-one, ended up partnering with a manufacturer that I didn't want to be partnered with long-term. And so I ended up walking away from that. And then Stace and I, in 2017, 16-ish, said, gosh, nobody has taken this idea of a transforming product for the outdoors. Um, And so we started to just think about redesigning it. And then we incorporated in 2018. And then we started shipping product just a year ago. So it's been a a long story, a long journey.
0: That in itself we- is another podcast waiting to happen. It to is. It absolutely is. Part two.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Part
1: two. COVID put a huge wrench, obviously, in a lot of things, but it was a blessing in a lot of ways, too. But it was a, that was a tough year for us because we had funded on a Kickstarter, so we were trying to get Kickstarter um, orders filled and all that kind of stuff. But
0: So much respect for the hustle. There are people out there who would have quit a long time ago for any number of reasons, right? And you mm-hmm. haven't. And... It's almost one of those things where the only people that could have redesigned it and taken it where it needed to go was you two. And and maybe that's why it was what it was. Sometimes you just have to see it for what it is because quite frankly, that's literally what happened, right? Nowhere else, no matter where you took it, was the vision clear enough. And yet again, another reason for business owners to hear this and go, you have to trust the vision you see that only you can see. Because many others won't be able to see it. Even if you told them, in painstaking detail, some things are only seen by certain eyes or heard by certain ears, as a musician could tell you. So I think it's powerful what you've done with it. I'm really inspired by this story, and I wanna uh, I wanna turn it over to two important things that I always love to do once we've established just how much experience you've had as business owners. And that is number one for someone who's young, or someone who's been on the fence about starting a business, even if they're not young, because that doesn't matter. Where And what would you tell them to start looking and start doing if you had a chance to speak to yourselves when you were on the fence about, should we do this? Should we go all in now that you have and you've seen the results?
2: Um, I would say for me, the biggest thing that's helped us grow our company is our network Mm -hmm. Um, and that it is all about. And I mean, underline capital in italics, all about relationships for us. Um, It's not about the product. It's not about the company. It's not about money. It's not about all these other things that we try to make it be about because it's easier. Sometimes it being about relationships is actually the hardest thing. Um, just because we're people, right. And we have different, we approach things differently, but I would say to somebody and what I would have said to my younger self too, is build a genuine network, get in groups that allow you to build your network of with really good people um, because you never know what person, you know, is going to take you to the next level, you know, and so 100% it's all about your network is what I would and what I do encourage younger people now is build your network and be genuine. Don't expect anything back from yeah. people just build relationships and let kind of let life show you how you're supposed to be involved and help each other.
1: And I would be be willing to listen. Um, the, there's, not a, there's not an idea out there that hasn't been explored before. I mean, I don't know if there's any new ideas, but there's always a, a piece of an idea that you can build on um, to create something new um, or solve a problem, but just be willing to listen because people have done it out there before and people um, have more experience there. I mean, there's so many people that we lean into every single day to help us navigate the waters. Um, cause sometimes we feel like we're, we're on a, a boat made out of chicken wire and we're sinking, but we literally keep paddling and listening and, and reaching out for, for advice. Or, um, if somebody knows someone because somebody always knows someone, but yeah, it goes back to building the relationships and being willing to listen, um, and learn.
2: We have this one fly that yeah. is not leaving us alone. <laughs> I think. I think the fly is jealous and wants a question to be asked.
0: <laughs> I think it asked buzz, 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 buzz. <laughs> and Jason right. was like, yes, agreed. As he sips scotch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fine. Flying, friend, my flying, flying That's right. Man. Sorry.
2: We keep, we keep doing this. People are like, what are you doing?
0: Let's get the show on the road. I thought
1: I was, <laughs> just telling me to be quiet. <laughs> I, was, I,
3: I, I was yeah. doing the same thing. Uh, Cause I run a a CEO action pod uh, with a bunch of CEOs in it. And, and I kept doing this, there was this fly and I kept doing this and, people were like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why do you keep waving your hand all weird? It's just like
0: a damn fly keeps flying I around. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was trying to cast a spell on me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. oh, wow. Okay. So first of all, thank you so much for sharing that because it, there, it sounds simple, but those simple concepts are profound. There's a lot that goes into it, right? It's not easy to maintain a genuine relationship, like a real one where you actually connect and there's accountability on both ends, which is what that means. And then the other is being able to listen, right? And I talk about this in some book that I keep telling myself I'm going to write, but the, as a, I spent a lot of time in acting class uh, when I thought I wanted to be an entertainer in that respect. And one of the things I took from it after paying attention to what they were trying to teach me and all the different teachers that I had is the active modes of listening. you are either actively accepting, actively rejecting, or actively confused, you know, and, and you just have to determine where you are on the spectrum at any given time to inform you about what to do. Right. But so many people spend their time waiting just to speak again. Mm-hmm. Instead of actively listening and taking something, do you agree with that? Do you accept that? Do you reject that? Are you confused by that? Oh, that means you should ask a question, you know? So there's so many fundamental, simple things that are so profound. So I love that you share that. And I just wanted to add my own two cents to that, uh, because that's what I took from it. Uh And before I ask the grand finale, uh, just uh, want to make sure, Jason, was there anything you wanted to say?
3: No. Good. Okay. Let's go to the okay. grand finale. I'll close her up. So
0: out. here's the grand finale. Okay. Stace Jules. Okay. If you could have invited anybody today, I mean, your pick of the litter dead or alive anytime and place in the world, who would you have loved to have had here and why?
2: Yeah, but I want you to go first. Okay. <laughs> um, I would, I would have invited uh, Sarah Blakely um, because yes. she gets the journey that we're on. Not many people do. Um, especially being female founders and we're in a male dominated space um, with our product, but also with raising funding and, you know, all of that. Um, And I think there is an understanding that she would have of what we're doing and a mutual respect for each other um, for building something that's bigger than you. So, yeah, she would be mine. I have such mad respect for her and what mm-hmm. she's done and who she is actually the um her reputation that she's kept along the way I have a lot of respect for her. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mine would be Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh um, she was just mm. way before her time um standing up for women's rights and 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 just didn't hold back. I mean she was just a she was a badass. She was a badass woman. Um she just um well she just didn't, she didn't ride on anybody's coattails. She, she actually paved the way for so many others. So that would who who, who I would choose.
0: That's great. Right on. Okay. I, I'm i I'm with it. I'm here for it. I think those are great choices. And it says a lot about the DNA of your business and, you know, how much passion, dedication, and and vision is going into it. That's why I love asking that question because of how that relates to, you know, we carry our inspirations with us everywhere we go, like songs that are earworms that won't get out of our head. Uh, so with that, thank you so much. Those are my closing thoughts. I'm so glad we had a chance to meet and talk, Jason. Yeah. Anything so you want to say? Close it out. Of course.
3: <laughs> Does a bear shit in the woods? <laughs>
0: I do. Well, that they do. Yeah,
3: exactly. Well, I always like to say this in, in closing thoughts. Um, we all have the same amount of hours every week. We have 168 hours. Thanks for stopping by. And uh, taking 30, 40 minutes to spend with us, love your mission, love what you're doing, um, and don't ever let anybody tell you anything different. Follow your heart. Mm -hmm. Don't follow your wallet, follow your heart. Mm -hmm. Because the wallet part takes care of itself most of the time. Mm -hmm. If you follow your heart and you just do good, doing good will always just be good business. So, um, if you do that, you're authentic and real people will see that everything else falls in line. It's an amazing thing. So, um, keep, keep on your mission and, you know, stay on brand. Don't change for anybody and just do what, you know, is in your heart and what is right. Thank you for being on the show.
2: Our pleasure. Thanks guys. Cheers.
3: Cheers.